0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. Alex and Evan here again with another raw and authentic episode with another great artist in the music and also the fashion industry. Before we get into that, I want to let everyone know that Evan and I postponed our season two in creative segments that we had planned if anyone was wondering why we haven't shared more of us talking. All of our guests have been great and shared many inspiring, funny, and motivational stories about their upbringings and journey in and outside of what they're known for. For today, we have Van Swan White, known as Van Swan on all social platforms and known for his unique Christian soulful music that includes gospel and R&B genres. Mr. White Swan dives into his music career, his love for fashion, working as a background singer for Grammy Award-winning artist, Thelma Houston, and shares some funny stories about meeting other celebrities, including T-Boz from the TLC music group from the 90s. And obviously much more, but I don't want to spell it out for all of you. And oh yeah, you may hear that he calls me out for being high, meaning I smoked marijuana before the interview, and my eyes looked lower than my GPA in high school. But I want to let all of you know, did not smoke. Was not high, nothing wrong with that. I don't have anything against people who smoke. I was tired and probably crashed from some coffee. You know, those late night interviews began you. But, Brucey Boy, take it away for us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time, recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the Undisputed Greatest Podcast in the World, Beyond the Brand!
2: Take us a little bit through about your upbringing uh, growing up in California and then your love for music, where that came from.
0: Yeah, man, so... From San Bernardino, California, which is hour outside of L.A., for those who are not familiar. Um, And my love for music really is something that just came from birth. Both sides of my family are both musically inclined. My mom sings, my dad sings. Um, So it was something that just kind of just fell into my lap. But um, it was 95 where I really, really fell in love with music after sneaking up late and watching uh, the MTV Music Awards. I saw TLC perform <laughs> and I was like yo who are these ladies like they was up there killing and doing this crazy sexy cool medley and it was something I had never seen before um and I was like yo I really want to do music so from that point on the the love and passion for it came even more so um but it, but music has always been something that was in me but San Bernardino it, it became my my way of escape because you know if you're not familiar with San Bernardino that's not the 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 Nicest part of town, other you know, so music was definitely my escape for sure. So, were
2: you a big TLC fan before that day, or that, that's just what got you? That's what got you hooked.
0: You know what? I was, see, I'm I was probably maybe like nine, between seven and nine years old when that happened. So, I, I was familiar with some of the, the, the previous work, like Baby, 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 with Crazy, Sexy, Cool. That album kind of changed my life, like for real. Chili was like the sexiest chick. <laughs> to me ever <laughs> like you know <laughs> but that performance for sure made me look at them in a different light so yeah I was familiar with the music perhaps but that performance was something that was different for me mm-hmm. yeah
2: and, and as you start to get into it like, like you said seven or, nine, like you were seven or nine years old and like that who was like your biggest inspiration like through the 90s or 95 and on when you really started to get into music
0: Man, like, TLC, of course, top of the list. But anybody who's familiar with the 90s era, like an R&B head has to be familiar with Babyface because he wrote half of the 90s hits like like Boyz to Man, I'll Make Love to You, Tony Braxton, you know, like some of these great and wonderful hits. So I studied and followed all of his music. You know whatever he wrote whatever he put out whether it was tlc boys to men whitney houston or brandy or uh, you know I, I love michael jackson janet jackson there were so many different artists that all came from that era and in during that era that was typically their prime mm-hmm. like janet was hot in the 90s mariah was hot in the 90s you know michael was hot in the 90s so to follow these people during their prime was a big thing, but Babyface had his hands on a lot of those artists. So I definitely followed his career as, as well as like, like I mentioned TLC and, you know, other artists as well. Mm-hmm. And were, you, were your parents still doing music at the time? You know what? My parents, ironically, my dad is a pastor, right? So <laughs> my and my mom, you know, we were raised, I was raised in church a lot. So they would sing and just, I would sing, but it was in church. So it wasn't until later on in life that I kind of, like, my aunt kind of snuck me out of the four walls of church. And that's when I got familiar with, like, you know, an audition for, like, RB stuff and different stuff. But before that, it was really just gospel, 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 church, church, church. Uh, but my aunt kind of just snuck me out a little bit and, and introduced me to that other side. And I'm glad that she did because I'm so in love with so many different things genres outside of just gospel and church music which is that's my roots but I love a lot of music you know and a lot of styles and
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah
2: and then so like through high school and things like that were you, were you writing your own music or were you just were you performing at all like t- tell us a little bit about you know kind of growing up
0: man high school I was c- called choir boy <laughs> like you had in high school I went to like a quote-unquote performing, performing arts type school in San Bernardino and um uh, and that people were very known for either it was it was you know the athletic people the sports people or the 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 entertainment people so the choir people the dancers and all those so i was known as choir boy so i would get the girls i would get the entertainment i would get the you know the fame or whatever that attention you know from being choir boy so i was i started my writing i started my journey in high school um but it really stemmed from my choir teacher just really showing me the ropes of uh, the techniques of how to breathe and all those other things outside of just getting up and singing. You have to learn the techniques. You have to learn those different things to help be help you become a better artist and help you become a different uh, a better individual as it, as it pertains to your gifts and your craft. So mm. yeah, high school really helped me like really form and shape my gift, you know, and I started my writing and different stuff. But yeah, high school definitely... Is where it started for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Where, where do you think it like actually began taking off for you? I mean, you got the
0: name Choir Boy, then
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? It was probably like um, during that time, a little bit before high school. Like I said, my aunt, my mom's sister, she actually took me on my first audition. My first audition was uh, actually for the group B2K. So glad I didn't make it. <laughs> now you yeah. know, looking back at it, you know because of just the the journey that i've taken my path is is, is, is i can't complain about it you know but um that was where it started like i was like i said i started doing a couple of auditions a couple of stuff before uh high school high school is really where the love and passion came but after high school is where i really wanted to become an artist and i really uh wanted to I didn't know much about what it was like to be in the studio. I didn't know what it was like to actually no one really showed me how to write a song. I just knew that that was my escape and I just knew that I had to do it. So my first project that I did independently uh, is called My Story and that came out in like 2008. I graduated in 2005, so there was a little bit of gap in between that time and uh, the music. but what really inspired the album, even though I was green when it comes to, you know, like I said, studio and all that stuff, was I had right out of high school, I got married, man. I got married. I had a whole different path. I I, I um you know, I thought I had a baby on the way. There were so many different things that had transpired. And then later on in life I found out that my daughter wasn't mine, the marriage you know, ended in so many different stuff. So I was crushed. I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do? Let me write an album. Let me get this stuff out." So that's how the that actually started was um, just trying to get that stuff out. So even though I didn't know much about, like I said, the studio and all that, just writing, just the being, it was therapeutic, and that's just yeah. kind of how the album and stuff started. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's, that sounds to me like it was like a therapeutic thing more so for you just kind of get those thoughts out and those feelings and stuff. Because that's yeah. That's cr- How long, how many, if you don't mind me asking, how many years like was it when you found out? Man,
0: uh, three years. So uh, this was three years in. So three years as daddy, three years as husband, three Holy years as, you know, just yeah. everything. And again, this came right after high school. So uh I'm 18 years old, up until what, 21, 2021. So it was like, it was just a crazy time and a crazy experience for me. But music was just that thing that just kinda, and even now, even when I go through stuff now, music is still that therapeutic space and escape for me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it started even back in 2008. That's such a weird like
2: thing too. Like you develop a relationship with with the child, like Mm -hmm. your family, everything. Like how how was that? Like that must've been heartbreaking for your family just as much as you too, no? Absolutely.
0: You know what I mean? Because everybody develops their own bond. You know, when, right. you, when you're in situations like that, when a child is involved or relationships, period, like even if I'm in a relationship now, like my mom is going to get attached to the person that I'm dating. You know, my, 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 everybody is. So you can imagine what it's like to one day be a grandparent and the next day or not, or right, one day be a father and the next day or not. All those, di- all that dynamic change. Um, so it was heartbreaking, you know, and for me, it sent me to a depressed state. If I'm honest, like I was depressed for a long time doing a whole bunch of just crazy stuff to just try to like cope with the fact that like, because anybody that knows me more than anything knew that I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be that person who, who were able to be some of the things that I didn't necessarily have growing up, you know, so mm-hmm. to be able to have that and to have it taken away from me was a crushing experience, man. But music is always as it is now still that escape for me, for sure. And what
2: drove you to, to, I guess, fuel that and finally just say, like, I'm putting this, like, what I wrote on, like, pen to paper to, to the mic, like, to record it?
0: Um <laughs> Just because I couldn't, no, I could no longer hold it in, man. Like, I had to get it out. And sometimes, and what even what I like to call myself a hope dealer, what that means for me is I'm that person who likes to bring people hope. And that doesn't mean I'm preachy, 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 Jesus, 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 or that, that none of that. It's just I'm that person who's trying to tell you that. Where you are now doesn't mean that that's always where you're going to be. If you're in a bad space, you can come out of that situation, you know, and I think that when when you're sad or you're depressed and you're feeling like this is going to be your end all be all, I'm that person that's going to remind you that it's not true. You know, Mm -hmm. you can come out of a situation. You, You can love again. You can hope again. You can dream again. You can, you know, whatever. So. When, when I was dealing with those things and I was writing them down, at first I was scared. I was like, I can't share this. I don't know who else is this going to affect if I was to tell my truth or to tell my story. And I'm not trying to bash, you know, my ex or anything or present anyone in a bad light i did so i had all those different concerns but at the end of the day me speaking my truth if that's going to help somebody else and that's what it's about like there's so many guys who come to me and be like yo i have a song called do it for me and it's talking about this very situation that i'm telling you about you know about you know me finding out about my my daughter and all that other stuff and there's so many guys who come up to me and be like yo thank you for writing that song thank you for telling your story. If you hadn't shared your story, you know, I wouldn't be able to have the state of mind that I had, you know, when I found out about my situation, I wanted to retaliate, I wanted to go off. But because you handled it, you know, it's moments like that, that makes me be like, all right, I got to keep going. I got to keep telling the story. I got to keep, you know, so for sure.
2: Do you think that that vulnerability, like, like, I mean, like you said it like a perfect example, does it help you? Did it help you kind of, like, when you start getting that feedback, say, like, okay, like, this is what I'm supposed to be saying. This is, the, like, the truth I'm supposed to be speaking. Let the, let the people know. Be vulnerable. Be out there. Put yourself out there to kind of tell, like, you said your story. But some people like to, like, I guess keep that tight to their chest. But, like, mm-hmm. as a musician, that's kind of what you want. You want that transparency, the the, the real-life situations. Did that make you more comfortable moving forward from that
0: point? And is that what, the kind of the way route you've gone with the rest of your music since? Yeah. And from the beginning, it's like you can't start off being transparent and then, three four albums later now you want to be private like that's what people have grown to love the fact that you are so honest Mm -hmm. and you are so transparent so anytime i write anything like Mm -hmm. if it's not personal or it's not something that i've experienced or seen someone close to me experience i don't want to talk about it you know what i mean because the whole point is people people gravitate towards realness If I'm up here selling you some BS, some stuff that is a gimmick to you and that you're not buying into, you don't want that. But if I'm being honest and I'm keeping it real with you and I'm not selling you something that's not genuinely who I am, people will feed into that and they will will be more receptive to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to support him because he's authentic. He's real. He's not holding back. He's not, you know, so I genuinely, as much as I possibly can, even when it's uncomfortable, I try to be as, keep it 100 as much as I can, because I I feel like it's going to help somebody else, you know, that ain't always a comfortable thing, but I try to do that,
1: you know. Does that that sometimes give you like a writer's block, being like able to talk about those things and, you know, not experiencing things in your life? I mean, now you could talk about coronavirus and all that, but. (laughs)
0: Right, right. Uh, (laughs) You know what? No, because I can still pull from other people around me. You know what I mean? There's always somebody going through something, you know, and, and luckily I'm that person that my friends or family or someone, they they confide in me in something so I can write a song about you without them knowing that it's technically about you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but I'm that type of person, but I'm always gaining inspiration, man. And even if I'm not writing for myself, I can write for somebody else and they can tell me their story and I can, you know, be able to translate it, help them with their story, you know, so I'm always writing. I'm always going to find inspiration but as it pertains to me telling my own personal story, if I've lived it and experienced, that's always much easier for me to do, but I, I'm always writing.
1: That, that's the that's awesome thing about being an artist. You could go to the dinner table, Thanksgiving table, and, like, hear something and someone sharing a story, then you could write something about that. Which yeah, that's, for that's sure. Part about it.
2: Now, let me ask you this, because a lot of people that we've had on have dealt with, um, you know, challenges and things like that in their own way. Now, do you think that the, the challenges in that that particular situation at such a young age, too, kind of molded you to to who you are today? Do you think had that not happened, you might not be as open to the vulnerability and things like that? Because I think that's that's so huge. I feel like there's – basically what I'm, I'm trying to ask is, would you, would you go back and
0: change anything, or, or did everything you kind of feel like happen for a reason? Nah. I, I think that if you would have asked me this maybe five years ago, I probably would have said, yeah, I wish I could have changed things, and I wish that, you know – this wouldn't happen or things, you know, but I think that everything happens for a reason. You know, I think that even your past is what helps to build and create your story. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have much to talk about had I not experienced some of the stuff that I experienced. Like I said, it's uncomfortable as heck to sometimes share the stuff with people because I I just met you guys today. I'm telling you a whole story, you know what I mean? Like, but you never know who's watching. You never know who's going to say so who's going to be inspired by that like i said in the beginning i'm a hope dealer i'm trying to feed hope i'm trying to feed positivity there's enough negativity in the world you know what i mean So, so have somebody to be able to tell their story and be like again yo he he made it through like when i was going through that stuff i was suicidal man i was depressed I was smoking so much weed, shout out to all the weed smokers, no, no shade, but I mean, it was one of those coping mechanisms that just made me not want to feel anything, you know, it was just so many different things, and, 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 and the root of it was, I was mourning the loss of someone who was still physically here, mm-hmm. so to have a daughter, then you're not, you're not a part of my life anymore,
1: it's yeah. like there's a
0: death. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a loss. Even though she's still physically in the land of the living, I don't have a relationship. Yeah, I don't talk, you know? So, and it's not by choice, you know, not to get into any details, but just that, that's something that's depressing, man. And so I, it took me a long time to get to that state. It took a lot of prayer, took a lot of counseling, a lot of therapy. You know, I had to see my therapist every week, <laughs> every Tuesday, <laughs> shout out to her, like, you know what I mean? To help get me through all this stuff, you know?
2: But yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what was your, your next big uh, thing musically after, after the 2008 project, after your first uh, album?
0: Yeah. Um, so after that, I started doing a lot of cruise ships. So I started touring a lot. I went to Spain, went to London. Uh, you know, I was in um, Nassau, just so many different places that you can name, you know, being able to just see all these different places and all those cruise ships. I actually lived on a cruise ship for six months, which is crazy. Mm crazy (laughs) to be on water for six months we went on a cruise for like five days and that was too long for me i don't know man six months. months i'm not lying to you six months the bright side of it though is that and this is another side of entertainment that people don't like to share is that sometimes it's like almost like construction workers sometimes you have moments where you're working all the time and you have moments where perhaps you're not working and and you know so with me doing the cruise ship i was that was really good money for six months and me just stacking me just doing all this stuff but then when I come home I could be home for six months Mm -hmm. so now I have to live off this money now I have to do all these different things so one of the things that I did when I came back from the cruise ship and and all those different things I started to invest in myself even more so I, I funded you know some more projects I started to build my website. Um, and now I'm doing clothes um, and just trying to expand my brand. Um, I released the album in, in July called "Nothing or Nobody." Nothing or nobody. It's just it's just an album of just hope. You know, just letting everybody know that nothing or nobody can stop you from reaching your maximum potential. You know, we're all great. You know, we just have to tap into that greatness that's already inside of you. You know, so I wrote a whole album that's real. It's authentic. It's fun. It's inspiring um and it's called nothing or nobody but as- aside from that mm-hmm. i do a podcast as well called conversation with van and that's just me talking with people um everyday people everyday people who you wouldn't typically hear tell their story we all got a story like i said man i've talked to people who might be preachers now but every preacher has a past so i'm like this preacher that is a preacher now I did an interview with somebody before, you know, she was an evangelist and all this different stuff. She used to be a drinker, like a crazy, like this shout out to all the drinkers again. No shade. I'm just saying that, that, The life when you hear of someone who's representing a a pastor, a preacher, you don't really hear that they had a life that's before what you see then. you know, so to be able to expose that side and to let people know, yeah, I love the Lord, but I'm still human, you know, or yeah, I love God, but I still do this. I still do that. I think Mm -hmm. that's a good side. I want people to have, be able to have that conversation with people, be able to extend that conversation with people so that they can see that, yeah, there's different people of different walks of life, but we're all the same. We're all human. We all can, you know. So that's, that's my goal and my mission now. So that's what the podcast is about. That's what the album's about. And that's what I've been working on since then.
2: So did you, you started the podcast when you dropped that album, around that time?
0: Yep. Yeah, man, all in Corona time, man. It's all happened this year. This year, like, Corona had me at home, like, all right, let's uh, get to work. You know, I had a lot to talk about, you know. And uh, I partnered up with nothing or nobody. It's actually an organization in Atlanta who was like, yo, I like what you're doing, like your work and different stuff. And they actually funded, you know, my project. Actually, wanted to partner and do a whole bunch of stuff, so it. So, in the midst of that, uh, like I said, I did the conversation with Van podcast, it's on YouTube, the album, uh, Nothing or Nobody. Now, I'm starting to do some shirts that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and just trying to keep the ball rolling, man. Now, um,
2: what was the inspiration behind the, the clothing, like the, the just business side of things you're trying to get
0: involved in, just expanding hey. even more? You know, it's crazy because, ironically, when people go to my Instagram, they automatically assume I'm into like, fashion or something. They wouldn't assume that I'm an artist first. And that's I, that's probably just because of my love of clothes. I just love clothes. I love fashion. And sometimes I believe they kind of go hand in hand. Like, you don't want to watch an artist who has no visual, no dope visual. Like That's whack. That's boring. Like, you want to see them look fly. You want to see the video looking dope. So to be able to tap into the fashion side, I think it would be the next smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's something that I'm passionate about. You know, and I was doing styling a little bit a couple of years back, but uh, and that was short lived. Uh, so to be able to to do to sell my own stuff, I think would be a really dope look. So that was kind of the inspiration. It's just like people hitting me up, like, "Yo, I like your style. I like this, da da da." da. So maybe I should run with that. Maybe I just try to create some stuff or you know put some stuff out. You know, yeah, to, yeah. to expand the the brand. When you followed me on Instagram,
2: I I honestly, I didn't think you were a singer either, a musician either, when you first followed me. I I didn't really know what it was. You followed me, I was like, damn, what is this guy doing? I clicked clicked around, I was like, oh, he's a musician. Then I followed you back. But I that, that was like, I think it was around when you dropped your album. I think that was back yeah. then. It was
0: in July. But then he followed you back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then he he followed
0: back. Out I'm, like, I'm going I'm I'm to see who you are. Then yeah, I, yeah. I, no shit. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah but people people typically, they, they will assume that I'm into fashion because I do post a lot of passion pictures. And that's a, a tricky thing too because I'm trying to find a, the balance, if I'm honest with you, between what my audience is because it's a large amount of people who follow me for music and then there's a large amount of people who follow me to see what I'm wearing. So it's like, to try to, to, to see you know to cater to when it comes to posting how much is enough am i should i post more of this or should i post more of that content it's like yeah that's the life of being an independent artist trying to figure it out <laughs> do your marketing and all that too you know what i mean but yeah yeah we're still trying to figure all that out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, it. Yeah, the life should, of one I post, should I post a video? Should I? Post yeah. An image like. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it gets confusing because you have sometimes you have people who, like I said, who gravitates to one thing, you know, right. and that could be that could be your videos, that could be the music, that could be that. And then there's other people who's like, "Yo, I just want to see what you got on to get inspiration." So. Exactly. Find find a balance. I want to talk a little bit about the
1: the cruise experience. How, how how's that? Did you go alone on that or?
0: Man, uh, when I did you the cruise ship, I didn't,
1: out there.
0: you said what? I said, if you went alone, that's like putting yourself out there. You know. I went, you know what? I did an audition, mm-hmm. met some people. Um, the show that I did was actually a tribute show. It was like a Michael Jackson tribute show. Um, and it was right after he had passed. So he, it was hot. It was in demand. So I did this audition, um, with a group of people it was like five other singers as well full band full dancers light a full production man like it was really super dope with people that i I didn't know never met them and and ironically this audition if i'm honest with you i get the audition i didn't get the part at first and i was crushed i was like man i did this audition they didn't want me what the heck fast forward to two days later they were like yo something didn't work out with the other guy are you willing to do you know do the gig? I had to learn like 20 michael jackson songs in two days (laughs) two days so i'm cramming all this stuff you know so i went into this and i said that i'm saying again going somewhere with the store so i I said that to say uh i did the audition met these people that i initially i didn't uh get the part for. now i'm singing with these people so i went into the situation with a whole bunch of insecurities right like dang y'all really didn't want me in the beginning because i wasn't your first choice right so now this is my first time doing this type of production like lights camera ch- quick changes all that stuff I didn't know anything about that I'm used to singing at church you know at this time like I didn't know anything all that's all I knew so now I'm on lights camera action stage just a whole big production man but um what I had to do was I had to make friends with all everybody because I, I didn't know anybody so these people on these cruise ships and these people became my family they became people that I that helped get through the you know because you're on a cruise ship for six months you don't know nobody your family ain't really about to come and if they do come they can't stay for a long time and all these different things so uh i made friends and made family with the people that were part of the cast and a part of the set you know that was one of those different things and, and i said that to say that they actually helped me with all those insecurities and those different things that i had with not feeling like man i was the first choice y'all really didn't want me you know i had to get over that and i was like but you're here so rise to the occasion, do what you're supposed to do, and, and you know make things happen, man. So even with that, it was a learning experience, and I'm glad that I was able to do that. Yeah,
1: that's so like the cruise diff- ship difference of being on the cruise ship than being at home.
0: That's- yeah, yeah, the difference between a cruise ship and being at home. Uh, cruise ship, you have a lot of more time, a lot more freedom, because uh, you only work maybe two hours a day and you're getting a lot of really good money, but you're only working for two hours a day. So when I tell you I was in the best shape of my life when I was on a cruise ship, because there was nothing to do other than go upstairs to the gym or whatever, you know, and, and all that. But at home, um, you probably have more access to, to do more stuff, studio work, or, you know, or to try to create more gigs. And, act. you know, there's other avenues and different things that you can do at home, you know, and to try to create more content as opposed to, on the cruise ship when you're strictly just kind of almost have to just focus on what you're doing there because you got to deal with other factors like internet service you know like you're on water there's so many there's so much other factors of uh, that limit you from doing whatever you would typically do if you're here on land you know
1: getting pink eyed
0: but the money good yeah man and pink eye and, and, and I got, seasick i got I, got I
1: got
2: pink eye in, uh, <laughs> on the cruise and like and i actually, actually no, i ripped my part of my cornea out when I took my yeah. contact out and it like <laughs> fu- it fucked me up, man. I had like a eye patch out. on half the trip. It was it was terrible. <laughs> did you get seasick? Yeah on the last day, yeah. I did. He did too. Yeah. See. But I don't know if it was seasick or we were hungover. It was it was a bunch of it was probably a lot or of the, food. Yeah, the food, the, the food at the buffet. Or the food at the buffet wasn't the greatest.
0: How about I was so sick seasick one day. I had a show, man, and no lie, I'm backstage singing <laughs> on the toilet backstage because I'm sick like it's coming from both ends bro I'm not even lying like it's from this end this I'm all this like I didn't just like where the hell is this voice coming from like I'm literally backstage like it was so bad man I was so I had never experienced that before it was it was horrible so well, let me ask you
2: so- a question <laughs> that was my first cruise and it might have been my last but like the people we talked to like they said they're they're mad close with all the people who work there. So. And they said they had their own half of the boat, like, where they would go party and stuff after. Were you included in that? Because you were... Yeah.
0: So... so can we some surprised. stories about
2: that? Because they made it sound like it was wild on those cruises. Like, you're going to party with the that.
0: Listen, so we couldn't fraternize with, with you know, the regular, uh, you know, um, what do you call them? Passengers. You know, we couldn't fraternize with them. So we could only hang out with our crew. So crew... It was a whole different level. We get, they used to, I was never really a big drinker. You know, I was a little younger there, but, and I'm a lightweight too. So they would try to get me, man. <laughs> and the drinks used to be like a dollar or two, like super cheap. Right. So they'd be like, yo, man, man, drink this, drink this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Now we're on a cruise ship. So I'm not knowing and I'm a lightweight man. So all I can say is cruise life, <laughs> you get free free or treat free are cheap drinks hundred uh, percent women have, uh, have women and men have been on this cruise ship for a long time so they forget that they have husbands or they have wives sometimes <laughs> you know so it's like it becomes a faded memory it's like it becomes a whole different world like you forget like it's just a, it's a crazy life so you have to be prepared for that life you know if, if you're if you're not you know you definitely have to get prepared but it's, it's fun but it's also fun like if if you're a strong will person you can be able to have your fun party and then get ready to do work the next day but it's the it's fun, man. It's definitely fun. Cause there's not a lot to do, so we entertain yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. We entertain yeah. each other. And there's dude. a lot of there's
2: a lot of staff on a cruise, man. So it's not like super. It's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, and they're from like all different walks of life. So you have different culture, different languages. Like, so you're learning their culture, their language. And, and like, at the end of the day, we've been on this cruise ship for six months. So like, everybody looks good at this point. Like everybody's like, everybody It's just,
1: or whatever. It's, like You're, it's, you're meeting new people like every day, aren't you?
0: You're meeting new people, but again, they're passengers. So like the passenger thing, we could only, we could say hi, hello, mm-hmm. uh, if they were to maybe want to buy us a meal or buy us something because they've seen us perform or something, it's a fine line, even with that. Um, Like we could never go hang out in their room or go to a cabin or anything like that. You can get legit fired for like doing too much, Um, even hugging for too long or any of that stuff. So there was some real, real big rules. So if you were to try to do anything, it will, your best bet is to do it with like, um, a crew worker you know somebody that's already part of your team because that passenger stuff nah you get fired
1: because huh. I was about to say that that would be big for networking meeting
0: all these different people from different countries and just
1: put putting your music out
0: you know on the low it, it would be it would be but they're they're really strict on that there's sometimes you might be able to maybe slide a if it's not in your contract, because sometimes they put in your contract, like you can't promote, self-promote your stuff or self-promote whatever. It's like you're, you're hired for whatever this job is. So yeah. that's what you're there to do. So it just depends. But there's sometimes you have people who actually have made some really dope connections. Like I've actually known some, some people who um, have gotten gigs from major artists from cruise ships. Like, let's say a drummer, you know, I, I know he went on to play for Ariana Grande, some dancers that were a part of the cruise ship shows and different stuff like that, went on to do some stuff for major artists. So it just depends on how you work it, you know, when you're, when you when, when your contract is up, if they are still interested and they see you on that stage, they'll hit you up, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah. Who's uh has there been anyone in your time, whether it be on the cruise or after, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now Um, that you met or collaborated with that you've been like, kind of maybe like a little in shock or a little in awe
0: that you've been able to work with or meet because of your music? Um, I never worked with her, but to, 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 I told you in the beginning, my, my biggest inspiration was TLC. Mm-hmm. So when I met T-Boss was, <laughs> who, who, if you're not, if you're not familiar with T-Boss, that is, you know, the, 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 the one who had the short hair who had the deeper voice, you know, and she was like one of my favorites because I thought she had swag. Um, So when I met her, you can only imagine the excitement that I had to meet her and what it took for me to meet her, first and foremost, I snuck to meet her. Let me tell you the story. (laughs) So I went to uh, Chris Brown had actually had this like charity event in L.A. It was like a football charity event. It was so many different artists that was there. And it was like Bow Wow, Marion. And I had saw this post that uh, T-Boz was going to be there. Um, So you have to buy tickets and you have to get this wristband. If you got the wristband, you were able to be on the actual football field. Now, the football field is where all the major artists are. Including T-Biz, so I'm trying to get to the field, but I didn't pay for that wristband to get to the field. So now I'm in the bleachers, and I'm trying to figure out now how I'm gonna get down here to this field because I need to get to the field to see t Boss. I don't care to see nobody else. All these celebrities, yeah cool. All right, what's up? All right, cool. I want to see t Boss. I didn't even care to see Chris Brown. It was his event. I wanted to see t Boss. Like that's all I cared about, right? So I'm really trying to figure out how I'm going to get inside, get to the field. So I'm in the bleachers, sitting in the bleachers. Now we're get coming close to the end of this event. And finally I see somebody who's coming out. I guess she was she no longer felt any use for her wristband. So she came out and she took off her wristband. I was like, yo, let me get that wristband. Now, mind you, when the wristband is already torn, it's kind of hard for you to try to tape it back, but I was gonna try to figure out how I can tape this junk back so I can get in there, right? So I did, right? And I didn't come along, I had friends with me, but I didn't care if they was trying to get to the field. I was getting to the field. So I was like, whatever. So I got this wristband and I finally got down to the field, man. Passing Bow Wow, well, passing Chris Brown. I don't care about none of these niggas. I don't care about <laughs> none of them. moving by passing. I'm like, I don't care, right? So finally see T Boss. Finally. And you can imagine, like finally, you've seen your idol, the person that you looked up to, this, you know, all you know, finally, you know. Were you preparing yeah, I had my speech, yeah. man—the one that I had all my life. I told her I planned this, right? Yeah. None of that crap happened, man. She thought I had a booger in my nose. I had just got my nose pierced, right? <laughs> and she was like, "I was like, yo." I, I told her I was like, "Yo," I, you know. I I do remember saying like, "Yo," I, you know. I'm a big fan of yours. If you don't mind, if we can take a picture, you know. She's like, "Yeah, sure." And then she was like, "You have a little something in your nose," and I was super duping back. She was telling me I had a booger, but it wasn't a booger, bro. It was my <laughs> nose ring. <laughs> And so this whole time I'm like, I got this complex. I finally meet the person I wanted to meet, and the first thing she says to me is, "Nigga, you got a booger!" Like what? <laughs> like no, I don't. I was so 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 sad. But so that was my encounter with to T. Bos. Man, like, but it, it was it was super super cool. But I never got to work with her. But just to just to be able to 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 see and meet the person who inspired you to do what you do. You know, I think that that's been the top of the cake for anybody that I've ever personally worked with I even met, you know, that's definitely the highlight for sure. Yeah,
2: that's cool. uh, are, are you, I can just hear the excitement in your voice just to tell the story, how much it <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm telling you, bro, she's, <laughs> she's like that girl for me, man. She's definitely, it was a fun moment. Yeah. What about working with Thelma Houston? You were a backup singer for four years. How was that? Yeah. It's really cool. I'm still currently doing it. Due to COVID, you know, we haven't obviously been able to do too many shows this year. We discussed some stuff at the top of the year, but that experience is really, really, really cool because um, Thelma Houston obviously is not a part of my era. She's a, a disco legend, you know, in her own right, um, like during the Donna Summer era and all that other stuff. So um, I was doing a show, a cruise ship um, in Sweden, and one of the songs that we sang during that cruise ship was a song called Don't Leave Me This Way which is actually Miss Thelma, Thelma Houston's biggest single uh, she actually won a Grammy for that song and I didn't even know who it was so fast forward to maybe a year later someone hit me up and was like hey would you like to sing background for this lady named Miss Thelma Houston I'm like well, who's that who is she I don't even know what she, you know, what she sings <laughs> um, Then, <laughs> then I was reminded of that song and I was like oh shoot we sang that on a cruise ship so it's like an international hit like it's huge over there like you know so but to say that to to be able to sing background for somebody who has won a Grammy who was signed to Motown label who have been with Barry Gordy who's worked with Diana Ross Michael you know Michael been around Michael Jackson and all these great artists and different people and to not only sing background for her but share a duet with her during our set and show, man, that's amazing. And, you know, and for people who like, well, was Thelma Houston? Like me, you know, was like, who was that, you know? Um, just to to be on the stage amongst a legend in her own right, a Grammy award winning legend, that's a big thing. And I'm super proud and super honored to be able to to share that experience with her for four years, you know, and it was something that just kind of fell in my lap. But it's opened other doors for me. And I want to say this too, because a lot of times when people work with artists, um, they don't always get the platform or the opportunity to share their own music when they're with that artist, you know. But every time I'm with her, if I'm if I'm doing a duet with her at the end of it, she's always like, "Yo, he has his album out, or he's been on this," and that's really dope to be able to open up doors and open up the platform for other people. So I commend her for doing that, you know. And uh, shout out to her, mm-hmm. it's Thelma Houston. <laughs>
1: I always wonder what like the background process is to that working with her. You know, writing music or is she writing music. How do you guys work together, or is you that what? We're working together?
0: Yeah, well, for me, we've never been in the studio together. It's always just been uh, uh, shows. So, so when we get together, you know, we'll start our rehearsal with her musical director, and sometimes she's not even in the rehearsal so we're just getting our background vocals and stuff together and that process is always fun because again they become like family after you've been working with somebody for four years you know they're your musical family they're your musical brothers they're your musical you know so that's really cool but after we get everything together she comes in man and she and she just kills it now you mind you she's been doing this forever so for her it's just like all right come on play play the, play the song let's do it you know for us we're learning and we're getting together but when we come together it gels and it just works but I'm a, I'm a person who studies people like crazy man when I'm around different people I remember um, I did a background session a studio session for uh, Teddy Riley a long time ago man and I just remember watching you know, you just gotta watch people and just study and just see what they do and how they move and different things and, and take on words of wisdom and what they, and what they experience, you know? So and whenever I'm around great artists, that's what I'm doing, I'm just soaking it up, including Ms. Thelma, just soaking up what, what kind of knowledge they can give me to help me, you know?
2: Mm, yeah, what would you say is uh, next for you musically? Like what would you say is the next thing for you that you wanna do, that you wanna accomplish?
0: You know what, I really want to just push this album, you know, I pushed it. Nothing or nobody came out of this year, but 2020, you know, everybody's. In their own world right now, so I think the best thing is to probably do is to probably maybe relaunch it, you know, next year or something like that. But in the meantime, I'm still pushing. I'm still promoting. I'm still just trying to push this project, not really focusing on any new new music other than this music that I just put out Mm -hmm. Um, and then come out with some videos images and i put the album has 17 songs and i did that purposely uh because some people was like you know you should just put out an ep six songs everything is short-lived right now we just want singles but if you have 17 songs i can push that as long as i want to visuals 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 and it's still the same project you know and it can come you, you might hear a song that that's off that album that might come out later on at the end of next year, but you might think it's a whole brand new song or it's a whole brand new single or something new to you because I've now released these vi- this visual or this different stuff. So just trying to figure out the marketing and different stuff, but I'm pushing this project right now, man. That's definitely what I'm doing.
2: Do you have any like long-term goals that you're looking to do with, with music or are you just kind
0: of just taking it as it comes and just kind of riding the wave? You know what? My long-term goal with music is to really uh, do more writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know how much longer I want to push and pursue the in front of the camera you know uh, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll always be doing music for sure of some sort of some capacity uh, but I might want to get into the writing realm writing for other artists or maybe uh, being a creative director for different doing some vocal arrangements or some stuff like that um, so that could be potentially what's next for me uh, long term into the future, and then I also do some mentoring work I, I don't think I mentioned that um but i'm I'm really big on mentoring and after my situation with you know uh, that I mentioned earlier with my daughter um it was something that really became very passionate i became very passionate about uh, helping other people who doesn't have who don't have fathers or having people who come from uh really challenging backgrounds and letting them know that you're not a product of your environment so what's next for me is when I'm working with these kids a lot of them they don't have a- a way of escape. Well, therapy, music, writing stuff was my therapy. That was my way of escape. But what about these kids who deal with hell at home, but don't have an outlet? They don't have, but they want to do music. But they don't, They need somebody to show them how to do it. They need somebody to show them the ropes of what to do or how to 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 sharpen their craft. So my plan is to, with mentoring and with other with mu- with mentoring and music, is to uh, do a nonprofit. Long term Uh, and let this be a nonprofit organization where it can kind of be like a performing arts school with people who in in the inner city who may not have money to get these voice lessons to get these drum lessons to get these uh, dance lessons. I can hire people to do that and provide those services for them to little to no charge. I they can might get sponsors or something like that. So that's the next goal, which still has everything to do with music, which I'm so passionate about and, and mentoring, which is another thing that I'm not passionate about. So.
2: Two, two things off that, that you're saying is you should reach out to, uh, we've had Bill Duke on before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he has something similar out in LA, actually. It's uh, for people who can't afford to go to art schools and, they want to act, or they want to go a certain round. He kind of mentors them and teaches them how to do it. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's for free. It's like a, it's a nonprofit thing. Like he's uh definitely somebody I think you should reach out to. He's got a big network, and I feel like you guys kind of combine together being out there in LA. And then another guy we have is had on the show is Dr. Bill. He was like on the Extreme Makeover show, all those things, and he actually runs a mentor thing out of UCLA where he mentors uh, you know underprivileged kids, and then trying to kind of just trying to keep them in line um, to kind of maybe. I'm just thinking big picture. If you kind of collaborate, all three of you guys yeah. on a project, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Dr. Bill some of that we we said, like we would love to go be mentors at his his thing at UCLA for the younger kids if you need help or extra pair of hands. Uh, I think what Bill Duke does is great. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing some ideas out there. If you guys could find a way to collaborate together, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that
0: sounds dope, man. Yeah. That definitely sounds dope. Yeah. That's definitely something that I'm passionate about. To be, to be honest with you, when I first started the mentoring uh, gig, Uh, I I did it just kind of as something just like I said you work on something a project for a long time making all this money you come back and you know, you have to live off that. And one of those things was I was trying to be smart about that and not necessarily live off that. So I was like, let me pick up just a side hustle. My boy told me about a a mentoring job. And again, I didn't think that it was something that I was going to be passionate about. It was just a, just like I said, a job just to, you know, but man, when I went there and I I started working with these kids and these students, man, it, it was something as much as they needed me, it was something that I needed I needed them too. Like they were giving me hope. They were giving me inspiration. They were making me feel like, man, I need to be the best version of myself because now I got some people watching me who's looking up to Mr. Van. That's what they call him. you know. So that I, it, it was something I just became passionate. So now, if I can just, like I said, eventually open up that nonprofit and do things, you know, my way and, and the way that I want to do it, you know, um, it would be wonderful, you know, or to collab- collaborate with somebody. You know that would be wonderful, man. Yeah, I think
2: that I think that'd be cool. Uh,
0: like
2: I said, it just sounds so in line with what they do. I think there's a way for you guys all to kind of come together, and you're all in the same area out in that. Yeah, so it's definitely something to look into. But um
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. You got anything? Else? Yeah, forgot what I was gonna say, but uh, no. Nah. I think we're all good right now.
0: <laughs> I feel like I just bored the heck out of you. I hope I didn't bore y'all nah, too he, he, <laughs> he, <laughs>
1: I always have. It's hard with these podcasts because I always have something on my head then he'll talk then it's like, all right, I gotta wait, I gotta wait, then we're off the topic and it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me too.
2: That happens to me too. Like he'll be talking I'll have something in the beginning of what you guys are talking about and I'll, I'll drop it. Because I was going to say is it was
1: nice like working with the children be able to get their experiences and write about that. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, Cause some of these kids man like even i, I actually done that actually no i think about it um i did a we did a we had got a couple of students together uh because one of the mentors that i work with his name is gabriel cannon he's actually nick cannon's brother um so he's into music and you know he was signed to def jam and et cetera so we actually got some of these students together who had never been in the studio never written we actually took them in the studio sat them down, we practiced writing, we did all that, they did the first session together, like, we have a whole song, a whole, whole whole thing, and we put it out under the organization that I work for now, called Young Visionaries, uh, but it's, it's, it's super, super, super dope to just be able to just help people, because I wish I had somebody to show me, like, I feel like I probably would be even more, much further with my career if I had someone that actually showed me the ins and outs, you know, um, I'm really fortunate to be able to have a following of, you know, the little following that I do have, whether it's on social media or whatever, but I didn't really have people showing me. So if I can now take a little bit of the stuff that I've learned a little bit on my journey and just kind of, you know, put that and you know, deposit that into some children and let them know that, you know, this is maybe you shouldn't do that, do it that way. Or you should do it this way. You know, that's something that I wish I had. So if I can do that with somebody else, I definitely will.
1: I like that. Pay I like it, that a lot. Pay it forward. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Most people don't have that older brother to look up to or they, that father figure. Or, you know, it's like playing a sport, their coach, you know, being that mentor.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: like that a lot, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, Na- nowadays, what, a lot of artists are making money off shows
0: and shit like that? So you That's can't it. That. Yeah. That's it, you know what I mean? Because, like, if you were really to think about, like, sales... you you gotta be like almost a huge like a major major artist to get you know these streaming you know proceeds to actually really see something when it comes to actual sales you know what i mean so if you're not doing shows or you're not doing endorsements or any kind of side anything like that you're not making anything you know so you have to be very smart about you know this industry When you wanna come in here, if you really wanna be a part of this, you have to be very sure that this is something that you want to do because you gotta sacrifice a lot of stuff and you have to make sure that your priorities is right and you have to be willing to to ride the waves because there's times when you work in whether you are even even if you're a mainstream artist, there's time your mainstream artists are hot. And then there's other times where it's not so much. It comes it's it's seasons, it's waves, so you have to be able to ride the waves. So right now with corona, we all in the same boat, just trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where it is now. Yeah,
1: no more, no more cruises anytime soon. No.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, nah, man, man, I ain't did cruise ships in like <laughs> at least five years. I'm I'm cool okay. on the cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool on the cruise, man. I'm <laughs> I'm good on the cruises. But it was a it was a good experience, like I said. It nah, was, man, it was yeah. my first experience, you know, I, even with auditioning and different stuff like that, and just quick changes and all that stuff. People don't realize, like when you see people on stage, when I, I watch performances now, and to see even for like a five minute performance, how that could take months just to prepare. Mm-hmm. For a five minute performance, you know what I mean? Like, so to be able to put together a whole show and, and to get quick changes and still have to be on key and singing backstage and, and you know, like even when like, I, I was just green with everything, like even going backstage and just seeing nudity, like, you know, like, and I'm not trying to be crazy, but like, you, you see dancers, you see girls, like, you, you, you just you don't know like something new i'm not look like like it's new to you you're like yeah. but that's quick changes like you don't got time to be shy like and you better take them pants off and put the other ones on to get on like stage no shit, like, like, like yeah you can't be like yeah you gotta be definitely but like you have it's a culture shock man because if you're not used to that it's like what's going on like she just walking out and she ain't got no bra, like and she's not even covering herself. Like you almost be wanting to be like, shit, is it respectful? Like it's just <laughs> everything is just new. It's just it's a whole new world, man. Like just to be able to, uh, just to live freely and do you know that the entertainment world can expose you to a whole bunch of stuff, which is a, can be a blessing and a curse depending on the situation. But yeah, for sure,
1: agree. You want to take the fashion a little bit higher than what you're doing right now, or?
0: yeah 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 man yeah. I, didn't, I didn't i didn't think i mean i looking back on like my baby pictures man my mom always kind of had me fly <laughs> like she always had me like dress, like so I, I should i should have always been kind of into fashion and style of some sort but i think now i'm really trying to take it a little bit more uh serious yeah. um but i definitely would want to do more more stuff but i don't mind even being uh maybe just a. uh face to someone else's brand yeah. too, you know, just until I, you know, push mine as well. So, I'm, I'm with it, though.
1: Yeah. Now, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get, like, boost up my Instagram page a little bit more. Mm. Social media handles. Yeah. So speaking of that, since we're winding down a little bit, um, if you want to give out your social media handles to everyone out here.
0: Yeah, so on Instagram, you can find me at IamVanSwan. Um, all of my social media, actually, everything, every platform is I am Van Swan. So if you want to check out my album, uh, it's called Nothing or Nobody, just type in Van Swan. That's V A N S W A N. If you go to YouTube, type in I am Van Swan. Conversation with Van will pop up. All our music videos, which includes my, my most recent video, which is called King, which is available now on all digital platforms. Um, so yeah, check it out. Definitely appreciate you guys having me on, for sure, for sure.
2: Definitely. It was uh, it was nice having you on. Qu- quick question, since we're talking about that. Um, what, how, what did you do to grow? Like, what was some things that you did to grow your following, especially on social? And I guess that's a big thing that I think a lot of people are interested in, especially nowadays with you see influencers and things and whatnot. But you have a pretty decent following on Instagram.
0: So what's some things that you've done to, to kind of grow? You know what? To be completely, completely honest with you, that's what probably eight years in the making. Like, I started my Instagram, uh, well, probably about 2012 or maybe, you know, and I, how I would grow my following honestly was really just people reposting my stuff, mm-hmm. hashtags, um, you know, getting people to repost you, they then time, and then when Instagram first started, um. I would get a lot of followers just based off of me following people. You know, it's really true that when you show yourself friendly, (laughs) like people gravitate toward that. Like I, I hate to follow, like one of my personal pet peeves is to follow or to look at a person's page and they're not following anybody. Yeah. to me that just seems so weird to me like you don't have to follow every single person I don't you know think that you have to because it's your social media you can see whatever you want to see but I feel like you have to sometimes show yourself friendly so when I started to follow people and to like people's stuff and to mm-hmm. genuinely comment on their music or check out other people's stuff that's when that stuff started to come back mm-hmm. to me so it's the same thing which when you pay it forward even with social media it, you know it comes back to you so mm-hmm that was, that's a definitely a recommendation to first show yourself friendly, like start liking people's stuff, start following people, start supporting other people. And, and I guarantee that they would genuinely start because if you're dope, what you're, what you're putting out there, if it's dope, they're going to buy into that. They're going to feed into it. It just might take them, it might take you liking their picture for them to recognize what you do. But Literally, yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But seriously, yeah. but, but do it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how it happened. And even with that being said, I just got verified this year. You know what I mean? So it's like this year has, has the, the increase has just been happening and different changes have been happening even in the midst of Corona. You know what I mean? But you have to pay it forward, man. And I think that that's, a lot of that's been happening because that's my mission right now is to pay everything forward, to just be positive, to bring hope. And it's starting to come back to me in different forms and shape and fashion. Like even this, you know, what I mean, this isn't planned and you know, I haven't met you guys from Eve, you know what I mean? But just to be able to, to share your platform or you guys are uh, us to feed off of each other's platform. That's a dope thing. You know what I mean? So just this. You might get some followers. I might get some followers. all You know, it's that kind of stuff: networking and showing yourself friendly. So that's what I would say to be able to to increase your following. And definitely, you know, and then figure out who your audience is.
2: Yeah,
0: and I'm still trying to figure that out too. But still trying to figure out who your audience is. You know, what are they, what are they following you for? What is your demographic? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if your if your age is is you know 25 to 35, then, then you should. Make sure that you're targeting that audience. Why are you marketing to some some 17 year olds? They don't care about what you have to offer. You know what I mean. Focus on the people who care about what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, yeah.
1: Was there like a noticeable jump in your following that you've seen, or
0: um? Is it no, just? Some man. Of the it's scary. literally just gradually. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think it, it was just all just gradually. Yeah. It, it was not. It, I can't say there was one. Particular event or one video that came out or one post or something that just made all this following happen. Literally, it was just something that just gradually started to
1: happen. I agree with engaging with your followers and everything because I'm not going to follow someone that has a hundred (laughs) followers or a hundred following. Mm -hmm. Rather say, Mm -hmm. it's good good that you're engaging with your followers.
0: Yeah, you have to engage, man. That's that's uncomfortable because I'm really low key a shy dude. Yeah. So I'm not one to typically want to go and reach out to somebody I like or agree or do that but it, I've recognized it works you know and and especially if I genuinely like if you social media is dope man you can really discover some really dope talent so if I'm really looking on searching the web and I find somebody that I genuinely like I'm going to subscribe to whatever it is that they're offering whether you are a major label or you are somebody who's down the street you know what I mean like that's what it is and I think that if everybody had that mentality Cause we really all need each other, man. Like we really do to support each other and to push each other, you know, whether you're starting a business, whether it's a podcast, whether it's fashion or whether it's sports, it doesn't matter what it is. We all need each other to, to help push each other forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These celebrities and everybody's at the top, they're there already. It's us who's trying to get to wherever our level of success is. And sometimes that takes other uh, people to help push you and, and encourage you and get you there. if I can pull on your resources and you can pull on mine, let's make it happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that. And I feel like a lot of people think that if you have a lot of followers that they're going to provide more value for you, which is not true at all. Like someone with 200 followers could be the
0: CEO of this company or that company. So true. Social media is just, I mean, like. I've literally followed, I, I've, I've seen celebrities who I see on TV on a regular basis, on a regular sitcom or whatever, who has 4,000 followers. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So to the average person, you're going to be like, why you only got 4,000 followers and you're on TV and you're da-da-da-da-da. But they're mm-hmm. that person. They're that person who's on TV, who's still making it happen. So you, number one, you can't judge a book by a cover and you just can't, you can't assume just because somebody has you know, 50,000 50, followers that they're making all this money or that they got all this, you know, or they have all these connections or they have all these different things. Nah, they just been, they just have some people who follow them or folk, you know, and some people follow people for many different reasons. Some people follow people to be nosy, just to see what you got going on, just to because competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody that follow you ain't, ain't rocking with you. You know what I mean? So you got to keep in mind with that too. So it's not always about who follows you Like, I, I really love the impression act. What like, when you get to see, I mean, you get to see your impressions, the people who actually, your your posts have actually touched the scene as oh, opposed yeah. to the people who, as opposed to the people who actually, you know, liked it. You know what I mean? Because that like, it's the trickiest thing. I'm telling you, it's the craziest thing. i will be looking at my likes as opposed to, my impressions are the people are all the stuff that they people have sent it to or forwarded it to it's such a big difference yeah. that's why you don't get caught up on likes and how many followers this person got a heart yeah yeah network man i know you're friendly
2: I noticed, <laughs> I noticed you uh you followed barry brewer do you know him personally
0: man man me i do know barry me, me and barry actually did some studio stuff back in the day people don't know that barry is actually a dope musician they know him, uh,
2: we, had him bro- we had him on the
0: podcast yeah man. People, they know him from brothers and all you know the comedian stuff and all that which is super dope you know but uh he's a dope musician man so i actually got to meet him through another musician friend of mine her name is candace boyd she's from san Bernardino too um and they were actually working together And i think i kind of just fell into the session or somehow but that's kind of how we initially I met Barry through you know yeah but man Barry's dope man super dope talent to yeah, he's hilarious too yeah, he's super hilarious but naturally funny man yeah he's not naturally funny now, I don't know if he told you about it but I <laughs> on one of
2: I was, he told us about the because he's tight with Ray J so he told us about when the Kim K video that. dropped
0: no he didn't tell me about
2: that yeah, you might have to yeah, I you mean, need to watch the podcast you gotta watch that episode. I gotta
0: watch it okay <laughs> yeah
2: you gotta watch that episode I'll send you a link to the episode it's hilarious please but. do. Yeah, he he tells us a story that he's never told to the public like anyone before. And, it, and it's hilarious about the rage. It's when the sex tape came out and he was with Ray J when it happened. Barry was the first one to to, to hear it. <laughs>
0: okay. so he's the one to watched it. He's the first one to watch it?
2: No, nah, oh, not well, first time. He, well it, he he actually oh, talks okay. about he talks about how he didn't yeah. like, he's like, I was cool with seeing like a titty or two, but I wasn't cool with it. He's like, like I didn't see my boy. See my boy's
0: So <laughs> he's funny as hell that is hilarious i gotta watch it you definitely gotta send it to me yeah i will send it I will. to me because barry is crazy man that man is funny he's yeah. super funny
2: yeah he is um all right man i uh, appreciate you coming on we'll stay in touch for sure Um uh, like i said maybe I, if anything maybe we could send you like bill duke and uh dr bill's contact information or the people that you can get in contact with them and maybe we can make something happen i don't know we'll see
0: yeah for sure absolutely so is this this is not live right you're gonna air it or what yeah
1: we, we edit it we edit
0: it okay so you let me know when you when you edit it and stuff, so I can yeah, post we'll, about it and all that. Yeah,
1: yeah, we'll probably do that next week.
0: Edit yeah. it and chop it up and send it to. Musta, yeah, for sure. We're well, definitely again. I appreciate you. Hope it wasn't too boring. No, yeah, no, you're awesome. Yeah. I, like I ain't got too much to talk about, <laughs> you know.
1: Nah, bro, yeah, bro. Nah, we, we got a good good hour, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was good. good.
2: All of our so, episodes I
1: usually did. go like an
2: hour, forty-five yeah. minutes to yeah. an hour. Do yeah. you okay. know you know the ones that suck if they're if they're under an hour. Yeah, so.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, that's kidding. Good, that's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> there's, two, there's two. Anything that's under a half hour is two things. Either one, they're, they're so famous that they don't want to give us too much time, so they give us 30 minutes, or
1: they just wasn't that good and it didn't click, so we got nothing to talk about. We were going to buy cards that has, like, questions on them just in case that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> you look blowed. For, you, are you blowed? My what? Are you blowed right now? Blowed? hmm What do you mean, blowed? You know what bloat is? No, no.
1: Okay. Is that a Cali term? (laughs) Oh, am I high? No. (laughs) I'm tired as fuck. Why do I look high?
0: Yeah, you just look like I'm like, you're you're real, like, you're giving me Cali vibe. That's why I'm like, right
2: now. No, that is actually freezing in our basement right now.
1: So that's why. I I mean, I took an edible last night, so that like, see? <laughs>
0: see? I still it's might probably. be like coming down a little bit. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's probably what it is. <laughs> no, I'm just no, it nah, you you give you give Cali vibes, man, and that's L yeah. A is just stoners, man. That's just <laughs> what it is, you know. So <laughs> that's
1: hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. We about to chop that one out.
0: <laughs> oh my bad! Oh yeah, nah, forgot nah, nah, nah. Bad, I forgot the nah, recording.
1: My I forgot. Yeah, chop
0: that out. My bad.
1: We can actually keep that in there. No, I'm keeping that in. Like <laughs>
0: no, you can That's take actually it. Layers. <laughs> you can take it out. You can take it out. No, you can take it out. My bad. I forgot, I forgot we
1: were still recording. My bad. Yeah, you can take it out. Anything anything goes on a podcast, basically. Yeah. So, but how, how's your podcast going?
0: Man, I, I'm going to uh, start recording again in January. I've stopped due uh, to COVID. Yeah. Uh, because I was typically, I like to, to, to do in-person interviews. Uh, More, more so. Uh, Even though Zoom is cool too, because Zoom kind of does a lot of the editing for you. It does that little switching back and forth thing sometimes, so I like that. Uh, But I'm going to start back in January to answer your question. So January, I'm going to start back with a couple of uh... that was
2: uh, that was our whole thing. We went through everything in person, but I mean, we literally started right before COVID hit, so it was like yeah. And at that point, it was like we already hyped it up a lot. We were like, all right, either we we try like we just try and do it with Zoom, or we don't. So we said we said. Fuck okay. it, we made like a makeshift studio, with two microphones in our living room and then we just kind
0: of took it from there. So we've been going yeah. there. Yeah, I think like come January, I'm probably gonna do Zoom as well. Like most of my interviews will probably be Zoom. Uh, there's no sense, but what I wanted, I wanted to add different elements this time around because I wanted to add like performances, but that's the thing I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna be able to do that via Zoom. Maybe have some like, performance. You
2: could get, you could get like a, like acoustic, like you gotta have like uh, someone perform like uh, sing a guitar and just sing or something. Something like that, yeah. And just Facts. Re- or have them send it to you, and then you post it with the video or something like that. I
0: don't know. That'd so probably be the best bet to do. Just try to have some kind of pre cool something. Zoom
2: is like, for example, like, you're out in Cali, we're in Jersey, so it's accessible for us to communicate through here and we re- record it and chop it up for an hour like this, which is nice. But and that's something that we talked about to a lot of actors and things too. Is like they're like, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't be available to do this. So we're doing that, and then they're all mm-hmm. the way across the country, but it's still accessible for us to to make it happen. So that's the cool yeah thing about Zoom that. I guess is the advantage to having Zoom rather than if we wanted to do it all well, in person, we'd have to travel or pay for them to come here or whatever the case may be. So that's very true. That's a,
0: that's another way to look at it. Dope way to look at it. So, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So, maybe I got to have you guys come on. Hell yeah, man. Okay, let's let's switch go. roles. You know what I mean? Let's I can uh, interview you guys. So, that can that can definitely happen. I'm definitely with it. So, January was definitely when I'm going to uh, start back again. Just kind of let the year just play out. <laughs> Uh, and just see see what it looking like at the top of the year. Sounds good, man. No. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, you guys. Best of luck with everything We'll be in touch. Same to you, man. Hey, yeah, you can edit that part out. i that
1: question. Honestly, <laughs> well, we might keep that in. That's funny as hell. <laughs>
0: All right.
1: put <laughs> that as like a clip on IGTV. So. Okay, for sure. All right, All right man.
0: All I just want to tell you thank you yeah. to all the fakes all the hate that us, are you? thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the
1: show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at
0: believe.com and search for B-L-E A-V on YouTube